Spirit in us about the juicy fruit of peace this morning as we study his word together. Remember, God wants us to live what we learn from his word. We must continually remind ourselves of this truth. God wants us to live what we learn from his word. Thankfully, God helps us to put his word into practice in our lives as we walk by the Spirit, which we're going to continue doing this morning here in person as well as our family with us online. Paul wrote in Galatians 5 and verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Love is the selfless, sacrificial, unconditional, always giving agape love that God has for us, that Jesus demonstrated for us on the cross, and the love the Holy Spirit produces in us. Joy is the gladness and delight we have because we have a relationship with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Our joy is in Jesus, not in ourselves, not in our circumstances, and not in others. Our joy is in Jesus. Happiness comes and goes. Joy comes and stays because Jesus never leaves us, fails us, forgets us, or forsakes us. The Christian life as a life of joy in Jesus because Jesus is the good news of great joy for all people. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I'm sure that most, if not all, of us have seen the bumper stickers, the t-shirts, the posters, the signs that share this simple message, and it is this message, no God no peace, no God, no peace. This message is clear, it's short, it's simple, and it's true. The world can't give us peace. Our jobs can't give us peace. Our relationships can't give us peace. Monetary wealth can't give us peace. We can't give ourselves peace. Peace. If we want peace, then we must go to God because only God can give us true, lasting, permanent peace. But the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Peace comes from the original word iro, and it means harmony. It means tranquility. It means rest. Peace means harmony, tranquility, rest. Peace literally means to join or bind together that which has been divided or separated. It means to set at one again. Peace is the opposite of dissension and division and war. Paul talked about this in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 20. If you look up just a couple of verses in verse 20, Paul talked about the works of the flesh, and they include idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and factions. So we see the flesh produces strife, conflict, divisions, dissensions, factions. The spirit produces peace, harmony, tranquility, and rest. 
And so I want us to take a few moments and look at this fruit of the spirit of peace that God is producing in us. We need to take a look at this so that we can know exactly what it is that God's producing in us when we talk about the fruit of peace so that we can also then know exactly what God wants seen through us because it is that same fruit of peace that he's producing in us that we might bear through our lives. So we're going to look at peace from a couple of perspectives. First, peace comes from God. Peace comes from God. If we want to know the peace of God, we must have peace with God. If you and I want to know the peace of God, we must have peace with God. The Bible tells us that we have all sinned, that we're all sinners, that we've all said, thought, and done things that are against God, unpleasing to God, against the word of God. There is no one righteous, no, not one. We have all turned away from God and sinned against God to go our own way and to do our own thing. Scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means we have all missed God's mark, God's standard of perfection, of perfect holiness and righteousness. What that means is we are separated from God by our sin against God. We are at war with God due to our sin against God. Scripture tells us that we are spiritually dead in our sins against God. Now, this rings true to us because therefore we know and understand there is nothing we can do in and of ourselves to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. There's no amount of good works that we can do. This is what Paul has been talking about as he's been teaching through Galatians. There's no amount of good works that we could ever do to amount to enough to take away our sin and get us to God. In other words, we are in desperate need of help. We are separated from God without any hope or way of getting to God. Thankfully, the good news of the gospel, thankfully, the scriptures teach us that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to earth to rescue us from our sins. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, he made the one who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. i got great news for you and me this morning. Jesus took our place on the cross and paid our price for sin so that through faith in Jesus we might not face the wrath of God and spend eternity in hell separated from God. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. And on the third day he rose again victorious over sin and death for you and for me. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness means we are right with God by faith in Jesus. This is what Paul said in Romans 5 verse 1, therefore, since we've been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since God has declared us right with him by faith in Jesus, we now have peace with God through faith in Jesus. And we're reminded in the scriptures, grace always comes before peace. Grace comes before peace. We know God by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus, which opens the way for us to have peace with God. That peace with God leads to the peace of God. Grace, then peace. Peace tells us the great news that our war with God due to our sin against God is over. Isn't that great news? Tells us our war with God due to our sin against God is over in Christ Jesus. 
Our faith and trust in him through his finished work on the cross of Calvary, which is all by his grace because God in his love and mercy and grace sent Christ to the cross for you and for me. It's not because of us. It's because of Almighty God. Paul talked about this in Ephesians chapter 2. If you turn probably just one page from Galatians chapter 5, you'll hit Ephesians chapter 2, maybe two pages uh, at most. And Paul said this in verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away from God... I've been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. Say that with me out loud. For he is our peace. One more time. For he is our peace, who made both groups, meaning Jews and Gentiles, one, and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. This is great news. Jesus is our peace. Paul said, Jesus himself, he is our peace. Jews, Gentiles, and we are are one with God and one another in Christ Jesus. How awesome is that? That's incredible. We who were far away from God, had no hope or help of getting to God, are now one with God by his grace in Christ Jesus. That is an awesome blessing for you and for me. Peter agreed. He jumped in. He couldn't keep quiet. In 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 18 and 19, look what Peter said. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life. That was our life before Christ when we were dead in our sins, and that was an empty way of life. Inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. That's the great news of Scripture. We have been forgiven. We've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That is awesome. Say hallelujah. Come on, there you go. I know you got some life in here. I know. Come on. I know you got it. I know you got it. This is awesome news. Jesus shed his blood on the cross to open the way for us to receive forgiveness of sins and open the way for us to have a relationship with God. Our peace treaty with God is signed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Peace comes from God through faith in Jesus. Now, you may be saying this is basic, this is the gospel, and I would say absolutely right, praise God, it's basic, because if it wasn't, we wouldn't get it. And the basics are what we forget most. And that's why that joy came before peace, because that joy is the joy and the gladness and delight we have in the basics. And the basic of the Christian life is the grace of God at work in us, faith in Jesus. This is the gospel. This is exactly what Paul has been writing and teaching and sharing with these believers all throughout our study in Galatians. We have peace with God, which opens the way to the peace of God at work in our lives. Peace comes from God. That's why we understand and realize when it comes to harmony, when it comes to tranquility, when it comes to just rest, there's only one outlet. It's our Almighty God. I think over the last couple of years, that's why I think this study through Galatians is just so timely. It's the sovereign will of God as he's bringing us through this. We've seen more and more and more the works of the flesh in the world rather than the fruit of the Spirit. And just like we said about love 
and joy. We, we say now again about peace. There's not a whole lot of peace in the world. There's chaos. It's all around us. It's absolute, utter chaos. And we're going to run and we're going to try to find love and we're going to try to find joy and we're going to try to find peace because that's how God's created us. And what's happened is we're seeing more and more and more. We know the world's looking for the things of the world to provide them with this peace. But unfortunately, we're seeing more and more Christ followers getting off track with the Lord and they're running, trying to find the world's answers to this peace. And we know and understand, man, peace comes from God. You want true harmony. You want true tranquility deep inside. You want true rest. Comes from God. Peace comes from God. Second point, peace helps us look to God. You see, when God saved us, we're talking about the peace of God. We have peace with God. That's the gift of salvation by God's grace through faith in Christ. Peace helps us look to God. When God saved us, he placed his Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit teaches us God's word. The Holy Spirit reminds us of God's word. The Holy Spirit empowers us to obey God's word. The Holy Spirit encourages us to share God's word. We also know the Holy Spirit of God produces the fruit of the Spirit in us on a day-by-day basis as we walk by the Spirit. And so the fruit of peace helps us to lift our eyes to God on a daily basis. It helps us to look to God on a daily basis, this fruit of peace. Peace is the harmony, the tranquility, the rest that we have with God because we know we are one with God, we are right with God in Christ Jesus. We are filled with God's peace as we walk by the Spirit each day because we know that we know that we know deep inside of us, God is with us, God loves us, God is watching over us, God is working in us, through us, and around us. We're filled with God's peace because we know God will meet all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We know God is at work to will and work in our lives according to his good purpose. He's going to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We're filled with peace because we know no temptation has seized us except what is common to man, God's faithful. He won't let us be tempted beyond what we can bear, but when we are tempted, he'll provide a way of escape so that we can stand up under it. We know and we feel and we are filled with the peace of God that allows us to rest because we know our citizenship is in heaven and we're eagerly looking and waiting for the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. This fills us with peace. Therefore, when life is swirling around us, when our circumstances continue to come against us, when others are seemingly always coming at us, and when nothing looks like it's working out for us, we have peace in Jesus. We have peace. Peace isn't the absence of storms in life. It's rest in the storms in life. We have peace. Now watch this. This is beautiful. I want you to see this. Don't miss this. Joy is the confidence we have in Jesus that everything is going to work out okay for us. Therefore, we can rejoice. Get this. Joy is the confidence we have in Jesus that everything is going to work out for us. Therefore, we can rejoice. Peace is the confidence we have in Jesus that everything is going to work out for us. Therefore, we can rest. Hey, listen, this is important for us to get. Follow me now. Stay with me. This is so important. Stay with me. 
As we walk by the Spirit, the Spirit produces joy and peace in us. What does that mean? It means this. As we rely on the Lord, walk by the Spirit, as we rely on the Lord, we rejoice and rest in the Lord. This is beautiful because there are times to rejoice and there are times to rest. And it is always the right time to rely on the Lord. It's so important for us to rely on the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord, and to rest in the Lord. It's a blessing for us to rely on the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord, and to rest in the Lord. You see, as we look to the Lord, we rely on the Lord. As we look to the Lord, we are rejoicing in the Lord. As we look to the Lord, we rest in the Lord. So this peace enables and empowers, and, and it actually leads us to lift up our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And as we lift up our eyes to God, remember who he is. We are his in Christ Jesus. There's harmony. There's tranquility. And there's rest for you and for me. Peace comes from God. Peace helps us look to God. Peace also helps us live for God. We know this. The peace that we have with God leads to the peace of God. And the peace of God at work in our lives helps us live for God. As Paul told us, the peace of God surpasses all our understanding. Surpasses our understanding. So let's look at just a few ways. I know you could list 5, 10, 15, 20 ways the peace of God helps you live for God. Let's just list a few that we see in Scripture. Number one, the peace of God calms our fears. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and fearful. So Jesus said, the peace that I bring to your life calms your fears. The peace Jesus offers us is so far greater than what the world can offer us. The world's peace is temporary. The peace Jesus gives us is permanent. The peace the world offers us fails us. The peace Jesus offers us fills us. The peace the world offers us creates fear and stress in us. The peace Jesus offers us calms fear and stress in us. And so we know and understand that peace, the peace that God has placed in our lives. Jesus said, peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. My peace is in you. Helps us to understand that in the challenging times, we can still be at rest. We can be at one with God and others because this peace fills us and it calms our fears. It keeps us from being troubled and overwhelmed. Secondly, we know that peace fills us with courage. It not only calms our fears, but the peace of God fills us with courage. Jesus told us in John 16 and verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. I love the fact that scripture is always honest with us. He said, you will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. So we know peace is not the absence of trials, challenges, and sufferings. Peace fills us courage to walk by the Spirit in and through our trials, challenges, and sufferings because we know Jesus is with us every step of our way, and Jesus is greater than who or what comes our way. We know this. And so we have 
our fears on a day-by-day basis. Our concerns, our worries are allayed because this fruit of peace is being produced in us as we walk by the Spirit. And when our fears are being calmed, then all of a sudden that courage that we have in our faith starts to well up and rise up. And so even though our circumstances may not change, and even though there may be chaos going around us, either, even though things may not be going the way we want them in us, and even though we may be battling with different sicknesses or different challenges in our relationships and our health or our situation with our job, whatever the case may be, we still have peace. We have that courage that's being produced in us, this peace to walk by the Spirit and then through those trials, challenges, and in particular, sufferings. You know, the peace of God protects our minds. Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah 26 in verse 3, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. As we depend on God and trust in God, the peace of God protects our minds. So here's what this peace does. It calms our fears. It fills us with courage. But then peace goes to the command center, and the peace of God guards our minds. It it keeps our minds in perfect peace. Because as we depend on God and trust in God, this peace protects our minds and enables us to think God's way. It helps us not to give in to worry. It helps us not to give in to our anxieties. It helps us not to give in to our fears that the enemy is constantly bombarding our minds with. It's not going to work. You're not going to change. This isn't going to work. It's not going to happen on time. You're going to fail. This is going to all fall apart. It's never going to change. It's never going to happen for you. All these fears and worries and anxieties as we're walking by the Spirit. This fruit of peace is welling up in us, and, and it protects our minds. And the peace of God rules our hearts, as Paul said in Colossians 3, and verse 15. Let the peace of Christ, to which you are called also in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Paul said, living the Christian life includes, get this now, letting the peace of Christ rule our hearts. What does that phrase literally mean? It literally means this. Let the peace of Christ make the call in your life. It's actually a term with an athletic imagery. The umpires make the call in games. Just recently saw it happen in the World Series. Umpires are there in all kinds of sports. Umpires, referees, officials. But umpires are there in those games. And when a play is made, the umpire's there. They make the call. Players don't make the call. The coaches don't make the call. We know what they make. See, player and coach, fans, everybody would make a particular call, which would be obvious and easy, but everybody has to live in submission to the ump because it's the ump who makes the call. And everybody waits and looks. What's it going to be? Paul is saying, as you're living for Christ, as you're going through the daily Christian life, as you're walking by the Spirit, remember this peace of Christ. It's, it's harmony. It's, it's rest. It's that sense of calm in us. Let the peace of Christ 
make the call in your life. When that news crashes in, when that person does what you don't want them to do, when the, search, the situation or circumstance doesn't work out, when that person is not changing the way you want them to change, when they come at you strong, loud, harsh, whatever the case may be, let the Lord God Almighty make the call. Let the peace of Christ help you live God's way instead of allowing anxiety, discouragement, fear, anger, stress, worry to make the call in our life. So often, the truth of the matter is, stress is the one making the call in our lives. Far more often than not, it's the stress of life that rules our hearts instead of the peace of Christ that rules our hearts. And so as we walk by the Spirit, here's what this peace, this fruit of peace is designed to do. It's designed to calm our fears. It's designed to fill us with courage. It's designed to protect our minds. And it's designed to do all those things so that then the peace of Christ can make the call in our lives because when the peace of Christ makes the call, when the Spirit of God who's producing peace in us, when he's making the call in our lives, he's always going to lead us God's way which is always going to be best for us and those around us. And so as we walk by the Spirit, not the flesh, this peace that we have with God in Christ Jesus helps to make the call in our daily lives. So peace comes from God. Peace helps us look to God. Peace helps us live for God. And in the fourth point we see is peace helps us live with others for God. Helps us live with others for God. See, the peace that we have with God in Christ Jesus, first and foremost, helps us to be at peace with ourselves. And this is a sermon in and of itself, and we could have certainly gone in this direction. Time will not allow. But listen, first and foremost, the peace that we enjoy with God through faith in Christ helps us to be at peace with ourselves. And for some of us, that's the key point that God's working on by his spirit in us this morning. For some in here, this is exactly where the Holy Spirit's going. Because the truth of the matter is, though you have peace with God by faith in Christ Jesus, you're not living at peace with yourself. Quite possibly something from the past, mistakes that have been made in the past, decisions that have been made in the past that continue to have consequences in the future. Words spoken, painful words spoken, painful things done in the past that continue to produce pain and consequences in the present that keep us at times from being at peace ourselves. The peace that we have with God in Christ Jesus helps us know everything is okay between us and God. We've been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Remember, we talked about that. Our peace with God is signed in the blood of Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are us in Christ Jesus, Paul said in Romans 8. We're good. But Christ Jesus, what a blessing that is. And so what God wants us to do is as we walk by the Spirit to enjoy and embrace this peace, this fruit of peace, because this fruit of peace is going to help us to live at peace with ourselves. It's going to keep us from being critical of ourselves. It's going to help to keep us from feeling shame and guilt from things in the past that God has long forgiven us of, that can keep us from being able to live at peace with ourselves today. By no means is this easy, but that's why 
It's a supernatural work, and that's why we're talking about supernatural things. We're not talking about the flesh. We're talking about the Spirit. Supernatural because the Spirit of God is a supernatural power that lives in us. So we see this peace helps us live at peace with ourselves. It also helps us to live at peace with those God's placed around us. Paul talked about this in Romans 12, 18. Paul said, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So let's just take a brief moment and look at a few points about living at peace with others for God. How are we able to live at peace with everyone? What, what encouragement do we see in this particular passage that, that kind of actually builds on all the other passages that we've looked at this morning about this fruit of peace that is being produced in us? Well, number one, we know peace is not possible with everyone. Peace is not always possible. Paul said, if possible, if possible. Why did he say that? He said that because peace is not always possible with everyone because we can't force others to live at peace with us. We can't force others to obey God's word. We can't force others to walk by the spirit. We can't force others to do what we want them to do. As much as we would love to be able to do that, and as parents, really as much as we'd love to be able to do that, can't. That's why Paul said, if possible. Paul said, if possible, because he wanted us to know from the beginning as we focus on living at peace with others for God, he wants us to understand he didn't want us to be confused and he didn't want us to get worried or stressed out that somehow we're failing God or somehow we're sinning against God if others won't live at peace with us. Because peace may not always be possible. Because we can't force anyone to live at peace with us. We can't force anyone to walk by the Spirit. The second point, though, is important, and that is we must play our part. We, however, must play our part. We are spiritually responsible for ourselves. That's why Paul said, if possible, as far as it depends on you. As far as it depends on me, I must do all I can to live at peace with others. Regardless of how others respond, regardless of what others do, regardless of what others say, Almighty God is looking to me and he wants to know, are you doing all that you can to live at peace with others? Are you walking by my spirit? Is the fruit of the spirit being born and shown through your life? Are you doing all you can to walk by the spirit? But they're not, no, 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 no buts. Holy Spirit always says, are you? Same point goes to you. Are you doing all you can to play your part for peace in your relationships? All your relationships. Are you doing your part? Are you doing all you can to live at peace with others. We play our part for peace as we embrace God's peace, as we rejoice in God's peace, as we walk in God's peace, as we pray for others to live at peace with God and us, and as we keep our eyes on Jesus because he is our peace. That's how I am able to play my part. That's how you're able to play your part. On a daily basis, I need to be embracing my peace with God by his grace at work in my life. I need to rejoice in that peace. I need to walk in that peace. I need to be praying for those I'm in relationships with that they will live at peace with God and at peace with me. And I all the time must keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. He's my peace. Keep my eyes fixed on him. Jesus, remember, he told us 
In Matthew, in the Beatitudes at the beginning of the New Testament, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Here's what we know. When we play our part for peace, we are imitating Jesus. When we play our part for peace, we're walking as Jesus walked. And that's a really good thing. When we play our part for peace, we are putting the words of Jesus into action and in through our lives. Two priorities, real quick, we will not develop them. Two priorities when it comes to making peace, when it comes to seeking to play our part in peace with others. Two priorities that are a must. First, forgiveness. We must forgive, we must forgive, we must forgive. If we're going to live at peace with others, we must forgive. We must forgive as soon as possible. We must forgive as often as possible. We must forgive. We must show forgiveness to others when they hurt us, fend us, sin against us, and we must seek forgiveness. We will not be able to play our part for peace if there's unforgiveness in our lives. It's not going to happen. Second priority is truth. Truth, truth, truth. That means we need to know God's truth, we need to speak God's truth, and we need to obey God's truth. If we're going to play our part for peace, if we're going to seek to make peace with those God's placed around us, we don't sit in silence and allow hurt and allow uh, other things to happen to us, and we just allow it to continue going, hoping and praying that the silent treatment will work, and somehow, some way, the silent treatment will end conflict, will end strife, will end division, will end dissension, will end factions, and somehow the silent treatment will produce peace. You know and I know that doesn't work. It doesn't work, and it's not wise. Truth. We need to know the truth right here. We need to speak it in love. When others are saying things or doing things that are hurting us, we need to speak truth. And then we need to obey truth. We need to live it out. Peace is not always possible. We must play our part. And then we know the third point is there are no exceptions. Paul said, Apostle, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Everyone in the original language, get this. Everyone means, you ready? Everyone. That's what it means. We cannot say, I will live at peace with everyone except you know who. I just, man, I can't live at peace with that person. And I quite honestly think that's pretty good. God's got to be okay with me. He's got to be happy with me because I'm saying I'll live at peace with everyone. It's just that one. Just that one. I cannot do it. It doesn't work that way because guess what? That one is the very one that God's using to produce the fruit of peace in our lives. It's the very one. So God wants us to walk by his spirit so that we might live at peace with all those he's placed around us. Again, this is not a natural work. This is a supernatural work. It's not a natural work. It's supernatural. And I'll share what that means here in our application. What is our application? It's real simple. First application point, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. That's what we're talking about. The supernatural work of God through our lives happens as we walk by the Spirit. The Christian life is a matter of walking by the Spirit, not the flesh. Quite honestly, Christian life boils down to this. We're either going to walk by the flesh or the Spirit. And Paul is telling us we need to walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit is going to be part of the application for each fruit we look at. As we walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives so that are born through our lives. 
And so walking by the Spirit means we're going to walk in surrender to God, not surrender to self. We're going to walk in dependence on God, not in dependence on self. And we're going to walk in obedience to God, not in doing what we want the way we want when we want with who we want. We're not going to make the mistake of walking in the flesh and counting on our wisdom and counting on our strength to help us to develop peace in our lives and to help us to make the decisions we need to make in our lives and to help us to do the things that we need to do in our lives. That is a plan for failure. No, we're going to walk by the Spirit, so the supernatural power of God at work in us by His Spirit in us will be the one that is empowering us and calming our fears and filling us with courage and protecting our minds and making the calls in our lives so that as we walk by the Spirit, we will not walk According to the flesh, so we walk by the Spirit. We'll be able to please God and praise God. And we'll be able to walk in obedience to God. The Spirit leads. The second application point is pray, 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 pray. We see peace and prayer connected all throughout the Scriptures. And so it's impossible to talk about this fruit of peace without talking about the discipline of prayer. Prayer is a must for us as Christ followers. Jesus taught us how to pray. Paul just encouraged us to pray. Paul said, pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests, and always keep on praying for all the saints. That's a lot of alls. Paul said, be persistent in prayer. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Paul said, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, and verse 6 and 7, do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. In the peace of God, say that with me. In the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here's how it works. As we pray, God's peace, by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, because we're walking by the Spirit, As we pray, God's peace guards and protects our minds from the lies, accusations, and temptations of the enemy designed to pull us away from God, his word, and his people. As we pray, this is why prayer and peace are connected. In the scriptures, we see it all throughout the scriptures. I love what one pastor said years and years ago. Pray when you feel like it. Pray when you don't feel like it. Pray until you do feel like it. Pray. As we pray, we experience this peace. The more we pray, the less we stress. The more we pray, the more we're filled with God's peace. The more we pray, the more we walk by the Spirit. The more we pray, the more we obey God. We pray and obey, and God points the way for us day by day. And here's the beauty of what happens as we pray. This peace that we have with God in Christ Jesus, which continues to overflow in our lives and out of our lives, in part as we're praying and praying and praying, this peace that we have with God helps us to say on a day-by-day basis, it is well with my soul. No matter what is happening to us, no matter who is coming against us, no matter what is going on around us, the peace we have 
with God in Christ. Jesus helps us to say, it is well with my soul. I have the joy of the Lord, therefore I can rejoice in my sufferings. And I have the peace of Christ, therefore I can rest. I can rest as I, on a daily basis, rely on the Lord. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team's going to come and lead in this time of response. This is our response time. Lord is speaking. The altar is open. If you to come and kneel and do business with the Father, maybe you just want to come and kneel and pray by yourself. Maybe it's come and bring a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ, a husband and wife. Come and pray together as a family. Maybe it's to rejoice in the Lord. Maybe it's to just renew your thankfulness that you're able to rest in the Lord because of his peace. Maybe what God's leading you to do is just to cry out to him and, and just ask him, plead with him to help you calm your fears. Or maybe it's to help you fill up a courage. Or maybe it's to help you to, to protect your mind. Or maybe it's to, to help you surrender so that, so that he can make the call in your life. Are you living at peace within yourself? Are you living at peace with those God's placed around you? First and foremost, do you have peace with God? Our pastors, ministers will be standing up here. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. If you have a need, care, concern, be their greatest joy to pray with you, pray for you. Listen, if you've never yet experienced peace with God, then you don't quite yet know the peace of God. And so we've shared the good news of the gospel. It's been clearly laid out in scripture this morning. And maybe what God's calling you to do is to receive his peace. The first step is always most challenging, the first step is the greatest step. It's to finally lay everything down at the Lord's feet. I say, I give, God. I'm ready. I'm done. I'm exhausted. Trying to live my way, trying to make things work out in my strength and my wisdom. I need Jesus. I'm ready, God, to surrender my life to you. I believe Jesus is my Savior. I believe he went to the cross in my place. He paid the price for my sin. He died on the cross. He was buried, and on the third day, he rose again. I believe he's alive and wants a relationship with me. And so I'm ready today. I confess my sin to repent, to turn from my way. God, I want to turn to you. I want your way from this day forward. I ask Jesus to come into my life. Take over, take charge from this point forward. That's exactly what he will do. We would love 
to rejoice with you in your new relationship with Jesus to help you take that step. The worship team is going to lead in this song of worship, this invitation time, and we're going to stand, but continue to allow the Holy Spirit to speak, and then you respond as He leads you. Let's stand and say yes to the Lord.